We're in week two of a quick three-week message series where we're looking at four of the core values of City Well. And as we are approaching Thanksgiving this week, I can't think of two more fitting values to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about celebration and we're going to talk about community. But before we get into it, let me first ask you, have you ever had one of those times that God just blew you away? He provided in a way, or he just opened a door that just blew your mind. Like he paved a path for you that solved a problem you, you thought was too big for you to solve on your own. If you've experienced that, I'd love you to just put like raised hand emoji in the chat or something, or better yet, if you can share a quick testimony of that in the chat just to encourage other people. But we're, we're going to start with a story like that, straight out of scripture. And it, the story starts with Samuel. And he goes to the people of Israel, the people of God. And he tells them, you know what? Now is the time to turn back to the one true God, to put those false gods, the other things you worship, to the side and focus on God instead. And you know what? They they did. They did. Like every pastor, every preacher's dream, when he goes and preaches the sermon and they respond and they're like, yes, we're all going to do that, right? But they're together. They're all in one place. They're, they're ditching their false gods. But the Philistines, that's their enemies, they hear they're all together and they go, now's the time. We're going to attack them. So the Israelites, they find out that it, the Philistines are coming to attack them. They start freaking out. They get really scared about this attack. But at that point, Samuel, as a good leader, he says, no, 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 no. Now's the time for us to pray. And he encourages the people of God to continue praying. And God works. He works a miracle. He works so that the Philistines turn around and start running away and the people of God are able to chase them and win. Super cool story. You can check it out for yourselves and read the full thing in 1 Samuel 7, 12. But what I want you want to do really quickly is zoom in just on one verse from that. And it kind of feels out of place. It's 1 Samuel 7, verse 12. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set up, up between Mizpah and Seen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has provided. Thus far the Lord has provided. And our first core value we're going to talk about today is celebration. Celebration. And here, what I mean by celebration is that as a church, we recognize thus far the Lord has provided. And we recognize it as individuals. I know personally for me, in my marriage, we sometimes have like those days. You ever have one of those days where we feel defeated, we feel beaten down, we feel like this is just too big for me. Whatever's going on, it's just too big. And I know for me, when I have those days, Steph can be an encouragement. And for, for me, I can be, or for her, I can be for her, vice versa. But often all it takes is us to say one word, just Ebenezer. We know the story. We know what that means. We know that it was the place to remember that thus far the Lord has provided. And we can celebrate those things. We know how when we were engaged and there were some concerns about just finances for the wedding, all of a sudden these random checks start coming in from people we didn't even know we paid saying we overpaid them. 
just weird situation. And I'm not talking people, I'm talking organizations, like doctor's offices saying we overpaid them and sending us checks. Or how God consistently has provided us the perfect place to live in the season of life that we're in. As individuals, we recognize thus far the Lord has provided. We also recognize it as a church, as Citywell. Actually, one of the ways we already are just celebrating thus far the Lord has provided is when we made the decision to go from launching in person to online, we looked around our team and realized the majority of them already had AV and production experience. They already were prepared for the direction God was leading us in this season. God provided. So when that happens, we pause, we journal, we find ways to remember God's providence, and we celebrate. We figuratively, we set up the stones in Mizpah and Sion, and we remember as a church, we take time to celebrate. We celebrate God's provision. We also celebrate God's grace. We get excited when we see people taking steps of faith towards God. Because we know God never gives up on them. And most people know the story of the prodigal son. It's a pretty common story to be referenced in American culture. And it's a man who has two boys. And one of them comes and says, Dad, I don't want to wait till you're dead. I want my inheritance now. Which is a pretty lousy thing to do. But then he takes that inheritance and he goes and just blows it off. Stupid stuff, whatever he wants. It's gone. Eventually, he hits rock bottom. He, he finds himself in a pig pen one, wanting to eat their food and going, you know what? People, my, the, the people serving at my dad's house have it better than this. Let me go back and beg for him just to take me as a servant. And we, we all celebrate like the idea when, when the son was still far away off, the father saw him and ran to him. And, but you know what really captures my heart and I believe shows the heart of God from this story? It's after the brother gets jealous and says, God, why are we celebrating him? I've been here the whole time. Why are we celebrating him? The father says, you know, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. Then he says, Luke 15, 32. But we had to celebrate and be glad. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, he was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but is now found. We had to. We were compelled to. We could not help but celebrate. That brother, he was dead. He was gone. He was separated. And we knew we could do nothing. But God's grace stepped in for him. We are a church that celebrates when God's grace steps in for people. We celebrate when people choose to let Jesus be the Lord and Savior of their life. We celebrate when people say, I'm going to go public with my faith. It is time for me to get baptized. We celebrate when people choose to let God's grace win in their lives. But we are also, we celebrate truth. And we celebrate truth even when it's unpopular. Now, during hard times, hard conversations, it's usually easier to pad the truth, maybe some little white lies, some different things to make it softer. But we worship a savior. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we celebrate truth. Verse, if you're married, it was probably read at your wedding. It's 1 Corinthians 13. But 
verse six from there says, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. There are times truth isn't easy to speak. There are areas within our culture that if you try speaking truth to it, you're going to be told you're cold, you're mean, you're heartless, you're hateful, you're hurtful. That doesn't make the truth any less true. But when we speak truth, we want to speak truth in love. 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. We speak truth in love. We celebrate that truth in love. When God gives you the grace to look one of your friends or family in the eye and say, I love you and nothing will ever change that. But I can't celebrate the decisions you're making. And those are hard conversations. But we celebrate them because that person who's having that conversation is willing to step out in faith, believing that hard conversation could be the turning point for their friend. We also celebrate because it, it almost takes a supernatural level of faith sometimes to have those conversations. Last, we celebrate persecution. And that, that may sound completely crazy. Why would you say we celebrate persecution? It's because I firmly believe that we need to be a people, that Christians are called to be a people who are able to give testimony to Jesus, to tell about their faith, no matter what situation they found themselves in. And I, I have friends that have dedicated their lives to helping train teenagers to do just that. And I love something they do. When, when a teenager goes out and they're trying to tell their friend about Christ and they just get smashed, because that often happens in high school settings. And they come back and they tell their leaders, their leaders are like, you just graduated from persecution university. If they're all together in a group, they're like, yeah, let's, let's celebrate that. Let's give you a standing O for graduating from persecution university. And that may sound crazy, but it's incredibly biblical. See, Luke 6, Jesus is talking. And Jesus said, blessed. And another word for blessed is happy. Blessed or happy are you when men, what? Hate you. When they exclude you and insult you or reject you for my name or for, reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. And then it says in 23, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For this is how their fathers treated the prophets. So we celebrate. We celebrate no matter what situation. We celebrate even in persecution. Maybe you say, so what? How, how does this celebration really apply to tomorrow, though? This is something Steph and I have been working to integrate into our family and our household more. She came across this idea that we've, we've started doing, and it's really, the kids love it. Whenever there's anything we can come up with celebrating, just the littlest thing for any of our kids, we at dinner time say, you know what? It is time to give this child a slow clap. And we just start out nice and slow and it builds and it builds. And next thing you know, we're clapping and cheering and hooting and hollering and the neighbors next door are probably wondering what in the world is going on, but the kids love it. And they're grinning ear from ear because we're celebrating what's happening. And it, it really has helped with culture around the dinner table 
for us to continue to move that in a positive direction. We also, we celebrate, I've been celebrating a lot lately. We have members of our launch team who I believe today, they are celebrating 23 days nicotine free. So we keep celebrating with them. I keep sending all these crazy gifs to them saying like, you got this, we're with you, we believe in you, we're behind you, how are you doing? And I keep getting back ridiculous gifs from them. Actually on the subject of that, is it a gif or a gif? Right now, drop in the comments, gif, gif, and I don't, I don't know how you're gonna differentiate them because either way you're putting G-I-F, but how would you say it? I say gif, but I have a lot of people that tell me I'm wrong. Uh, am I or not? Let me know in the comments right now. We look for ways to celebrate. We, we're people that celebrate. Next is uh, we, are, we believe in community. When I say community, first it starts with the universal church. The evening before Jesus was crucified, he got his disciples together and he's spending a lot of time investing in them and teaching them. And this is the last time before he, he dies, before his death, that he can tell them that. But there's this one truth that he taught them that I believe is coming to a whole new life. COVID has actually brought it to a whole new life. And there's a generation of Christian leaders rising up who believe in this like never before. It's, it's where Jesus says, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And for too long, the American Christian church has been an us versus them. And when I say that, I don't mean Christians versus non-Christians. I mean Baptists versus Presbyterians, Methodists versus Lutherans, Pentecostals versus Sensationists, Calvinists versus Arminiists. And you look at some churches' names even, and you go, wow, you're like really letting us know who you are with that name, you First Baptist Free Will Evangelical Independent Baptist Church of Chester County. Maybe you should have like rearranged some letters and tried to spell something cool out and make a cool acronym or something. I don't know. Now, that church doesn't actually exist. I wouldn't use a real church name. But we, for too long, the church has been all these labels to divide us. And I believe we are finally moving into a place where the church is coming back and unifying like never before. And it is awesome. And we are so excited about the community of believers. Something that was really encouraging for us is we're working to launch CityWell. It's been a huge blessing as the number of pastors who have called or scheduled meetings to say, my building is your building. My resources are your resources. My staff is your staff. Anyway, I can help you in this process. I'm there for you. And you know what? We have actually extended the same offer back to so many churches. Yes, I'm called and our team is called to build CityWell, but we're only building CityWell because it's part of the greater kingdom of God. So as a church, we celebrate the fact that the community of God is coming together. And it's not just about one church, it's about the kingdom of God, and we are part of that community. The next thing we mean by community is the local church body. I'm a firm believer that Jesus' primary method of reaching people is through the local church. No other nonprofit organization, government, or government agency, or program can make the difference in people's lives that a local church can make. And one of the biggest ways God works in the local church is through, through community 
between people. It's believers coming together and investing in one another. We see this exemplified right from the start of the early church in Acts 2. We see that all the believers were together. They had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. So the believers, they, they're together a lot. They take care of one another. We'll actually come back to this next week as we talk about generosity. But then it, it continues in 46. And it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The early church liked each other. They did life together. They ate, they celebrated, they enjoyed their time together and they invested in one another. They acted like an extended family, serving the needs and caring for each other. And it built the kingdom of God. We already have a life group going for CityWell, and we're going to continue to work to launch more life groups as we move from online to in-person. And especially, they're going to become incredibly important as we move into 2021 and move towards the in-person services. Because let's be honest, anytime a group is more than like, 20 people, even before that. We can't actually be in community with everyone, but we want you to be in community with some people. And that, that comes through life groups. So we have, we're in community with a full universal church. We're in community as a local church body with each other. We're also involved in the community that we live in, in the Coatesville area. One of the biggest areas I've been investing my time lately is trying to build resource relationships with as many different people in this community as we can. Met with pastors, past pastors, nonprofit leaders, uh, city, past city council members, uh, people involved in the revitalization process, investors into the community, bank vice presidents, Rotary Club, Chamber of Commerce. The list goes on and on and on. We're trying to build as many relationships as we can because we want to see where people are already doing things in Coatesville and where there are holes where we can better serve the community. We already read Acts 2.46, that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate with glad and sincere hearts. But the next part of that says praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then it shows us the result of that. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I love the idea. The fact that the early church had favor from all the people because they were part of their community and they had a reputation that was good. People looked at them with favor. That's the reputation we are working to build also for CityWell. That we're part of the community, we're serving the community, we love the community. So when we say community, we talk Big C Church, we talk our local church. We talk we're part of the Coatesville area. Actually, something I, I truly believe that this area is getting ready for awesome things. I believe a, a spiritual revival is coming soon to the Coatesville area. It's already starting. But there's also a great economic revival that appears to be on the horizon. And we are so thankful CityWell can be a part of that. So we celebrate and we have community. And as we prepare to close out the service today, I wanna to challenge you with two different questions. To set up the first one, we saw that celebration, one of the things we celebrated God's grace, the idea that 
He chose to accept us and forgive us even though we don't deserve it. But then the other core value we talked about was community. And I said that we as a church are part of the community of the capital C church, the universal church. And that's made up of anyone who has ever put their faith in Jesus Christ as their personal savior. So I wanna ask you, where are you at with Jesus? That's my first question for you today. Where are you at with Jesus? Have you ever stepped into his grace? Are you part of the universal church? And to be honest, if, if you're not sure the answer, the answer is probably no. I'd love to connect with you and help you figure that out and to start a relationship with Jesus. If, if that's something that interests you, I'd encourage you right now, just drop us a PM, send us a message, write something in the chat, or you can even text. Just text the name Jesus to 610-590-8550 to let us know you're interested in learning more. Now, the other area I want to challenge your question I have for you is, are you part of the local church? Are you part of the local church? Maybe you've been watching the live stream for a while, following us on social media. Maybe now is the time for you to get involved. Are you ready to join the launch team? Help us, help us with some production, help serve within the community. We have a place for you. You just need to let us know you're ready. If you would, text TEAM to 610-590-8550. We can help you move forward in that. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and all that you do. We thank you that you are a God that gives us so many reasons to celebrate and have opened the door through your church to a great community for us to be a part of that'll help us live here on earth the best life we possibly can, knowing that you have something even better waiting for us in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.